This is the Sixers Group Therapy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Pods and leave a five-star review. And also follow us on Instagram at Sixers Group Therapy. Today, we have a one-on-one session. It's going to be just a, a quick pod, Jude and I, and we're going to talk about the four-game West Coast trip where the Sixers went one and three. And also, if the Sixers are truly contenders or not, what we like, what worries us. So with that being said, here's first name, Dane. Welcome to another session of Sixers Group Therapy. I am your host, Alex Wynn, a.k.a. Nuge. That's N-O-O-G-E for uh, my co-workers who don't know how to spell it. Unfortunately, we are missing half the squad today, but we do have the actor who portrays Jimmy Woo and Marvel's WandaVision. That is June Wan. How are you, buddy? I feel like the only thing I'm related with him is I'm Korean. And my mom actually shares the same last name as Jeremy really? Wu. And, and the <laughs> Wu, history of Wu, there's only one family of Wu in Korea. So my mom is somehow related to, to Jimmy Wu. To Jimmy Wu. Not Randall Park, Jimmy Wu. Jimmy Wu. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait till the next episode, man. I know, Friday. It's going to be an hour. It's an hour? It's going to be an hour. Oh, yeah. shit, I didn't even know that. Yeah, I that changes wait. some things. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't wait. wait. But uh, but anyway, we're not here to talk about WandaVision, although we probably could do a whole podcast on that. We are here to talk about the Sixers. And uh, we got to start off with Ben Simmons having a 42-point game, nearly a 40-point triple-double. Would have been the first since Walt Chamberlain versus the Jazz. But unfortunately, the Sixers lost by, I think, 11 points or so. Um so my, you know, everyone's talking about Ben Simmons. There's a whole debate on Twitter. There's this random Barstool podcast chick who's trashing Ben Simmons. Everyone's going at her. I'm like, I don't, who, I don't have the energy for this. Just, just block her. Uh, long story short, she was going on about how she'd take a bunch of not only good players, but a bunch of mediocre players over Ben Simmons, including like Devontae Graham and Russell Westbrook, a lot of bullshit. But June, he was really aggressive in this game. And, you know, what You know what I was maybe most happy about was he was 12 or 13 from the free throw line. What did you take away from this game with Ben Simmons? I think uh, I've talked about this in previous episodes, but – Ever since that fourth quarter of the Celtics game where he was just – we just saw a different guy, like a different player. And ever since then, he's been, you know, aggressive. This is what we want. I mean, he's not taking a jump shot or threes, but he's facilitating the offense. He's creating all these three-point opportunities for, you know, Seth, uh, Danny, Tobias. And what we saw yesterday I think was just unbelievable, like – I never thought Ben would ever score like 40 points because that's 20 field goal makes if you just count the field goals or a lot of free throws. And that's something I didn't know like Ben was capable of doing. But 
like when you watch like aside from the box score great he 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 had like 25 field goal attempts but like the body language and the demeanor he had it's 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 a different guy it's i it's not the same guy we've seen in the first i guess like 10 games of the season now like i don't know what got to him that made him like spark since that Celtics game but it's it's a different guy and I mean, it's good that he's doing this because we need him to be like this if we want to have a shot of making the finals. And I hope it continues. But I think a lot of things, like stat-wise, is trending upwards, like the free throw attempts. Like, he's not scared getting fouled anymore. Like, he drew a lot of fouls against Rudy Gobert and uh, I guess, like, Joe Ingles or whoever was guarding him in the game. And he made 12 of 13, which is which is insane. Like if it's luck, sure. But like you had 13 and he made 12. That's, that's not lucky. It's trending the right way. Yeah. He was a, uh, he was aggressive and he was going at Rudy Gobert pretty early in the game. He had 19 first quarter points, by the way, we had 68 uh, points in the paint against apparently the defensive player of the year, Rudy Gobert. Uh, I think Ben probably has a, a case for a defensive player of the year, but anyway, he was aggressive and it was an aggression that I'd never seen in him before, you know, and it really, we talked about this in the previous pods that he, he looks completely different than he was in the beginning of the season. Almost, almost like a, a Tobias esque shift. He listen when there's, there's been a lot of talk on Twitter, like, Oh, you guys wanted to trade this guy. And, and yeah, we did <laughs> when we thought we were getting James Harden, you know, and I will admit missing out on James Harden and not only missing out on him, but him also going to our probably toughest competitor for the Eastern conference finals that made of, you know, magnified some of Ben's weaknesses that we saw early on. But at the time of this, all this going on, he wasn't playing well at all and, and not versus good teams either. Um, we'll get to how the Sixers play versus good teams later. But it was it was refreshing, I guess. You'd like to see him do that every night. Granted, there was no Embiid. I wonder how much that had to play into it. But it really looked like he was able to get one he wanted, uh, maybe until the end of the game where we just couldn't outshoot them. But I, I hope he keeps it up because, like you said, we're, we're going to need this from him if we have – any chance of making the finals, right? So, I mean, if, if he can stay aggressive and get to the free throw line and not be afraid, I think that kind of, that really raises our ceiling. But, you know, we kind of kind of see it every night. And I hate to be that guy, but it's kind of true. But great, it, you know, it is the regular season. And uh, we talk so many times about the playoffs might as well be a different sport, you know, but if it's, it's good to see that he's capable of doing something like this. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I, I, okay. I'll go. Yeah. I mean, a lot of things we were worried about, like when we saw the first, whatever games it was before the Celtics fourth quarter, like he was a timid guy, like a timid player. Didn't know what he was really doing with, like what his role was with the stocks new system. But I think 
like what we've been seeing since that fourth quarter, like on a half court setting, like he is getting to the spot he wants to. I mean, albeit there's some points of the game in that offense when he does get stuck, but it's not as frequent as what we've been seeing against like either good teams or the first 10 games of this year. Like, I think that's what's more promising is he's not getting stuck. Like the offense looks fluid when it's, it's a half court offense that's run by Ben. And I think that's something that doesn't show in the box score. And, but I think it's something to watch out for when we play really good teams and especially in the playoffs, like his ability to get to his spots in a playoff setting in a half court offense. And I think what we saw in Utah, like I, I thought that was like, that was really good to see like him getting to his spots. Yeah. And, and even when Embiid's in there, he does look more comfortable with Embiid too. Like mm-hmm. uh, he's doing the little things that he probably hasn't done in past seasons and said he kind of just stayed in the dunker spot in the past few seasons. But, you know, he's he's doing on-ball screens and off-ball screens, and he's rolling. And, you know, I'm, I'm not crazy about his his jump hooks and mm-hmm. some of his shots around the basket, but he we, we could talk all day whether he's shooting with the wrong hand or not. But, hey, he's he's taking the shots around the rim that, you know, maybe we, we're not too used to seeing him, him do. Mm-hmm. His, I remember his rookie year, he had like a 30-point game versus the Wizards, and I don't think – I can't even remember him getting 30 points since besides maybe that Nets game in the playoffs, game. Yeah. which was awesome. Um, <laughs> but I, I mean, let me ask you, where, where do you, as a, as a podcast that was never, never kind to Ben Simmons. Not, not that we didn't. I mean, I, I, I was almost there. I, I was like almost done with him early in the season. Uh, I'd say, I was never a huge Ben guy. I never, I don't say, I, I don't think I really hated him, but I wasn't his biggest fan. Correct me if I'm wrong. I felt like you were just, you were like a little level lower on him than me. Where are you now with Ben Simmons? Where am I now? So this is what all been. Would you trade him for a Beal? Would you trade him for Levine? Or are you, are you thinking maybe, maybe keep Ben? Based off what he showed you, if he keeps it up, and then maybe mm-hmm. work the margins if you're Daryl Morey. If I'm Daryl. Well, whatever Daryl does is the right move. But of course. I'm not Daryl, but let me – I'll think of it as just my perspective. Uh, I mean, I've loved what he's been doing. He's shown a new light, like a new guy, a new Ben. He's probably dating someone, but a new Ben. <laughs> and uh, I think this is a good time to, you know – Put him into trade discussion. He so is, it was so high. You no, know, he is. Oh, his man. stock is rising. It is rising. It is almost at the all-time high until he starts sh- shooting. But for me, I don't think it will translate into the playoffs, like in a seven-game series against the Celtics and the Bucks. And there's another worry about me with the Nets, like. He's he's probably going to get his thirty points, but I don't think it's it's a good thirty points. Like he'll be a staff stuffer against the Nets, and we're yeah. just not going to win. Like that that's my worry. Um, 
last episode I, I did a 180 and I, I was team keep Ben and I, I, I still am team keep Ben here. Mm-hmm. Here's my reasoning. Um, I, I, it seems like you would trade him for like Bradley Beal. Yeah. Or Zach Levine. No, not Levine. Not, oh, not Levine. Okay. <laughs> not so Levine. We'll, we'll talk about, we'll talk about Beal and I'm not saying yeah. Beal's magnificent. He's mm-hmm. an all-star. Ben also an all-star, probably not superstar tier, but for what this team needs, and we, we've gone back and forth about it. We, we all know, we, we both think there's the one thing you need in the playoffs, and that's perimeter scoring. Mm-hmm. But Embiid is such a different look for teams than the last few seasons, you know? Mm-hmm. And I know Bradley Beal is a, a lights-out scorer. And, and Washington has been playing better lately. Mm-hmm. But there's just something to be said about a player who can score a lot. And you just said an empty 30 points. Mm. Bradley Beal's averaging what, 34 points? Mm. Some of that's going to be a little empty, right? Mm. And the Wizards, yeah. if Bradley Beal was as good as advertised, and maybe he is, I feel like Washington should be a little better and probably in playoff contention. I don't, I don't know what they are now. I know they, they won off maybe uh, – they run, uh, have won like the, lo- the last two games or so. Mm-hmm. And I just like, there's something about the lineup with Ben and Embiid that I just, I feel we're more of a threat than with Beal and Embiid. Mm-hmm. And I hear you on the playoffs. We've, we've fucking seen it <laughs> two times already, it, but this is fourth year and maybe he's getting better, but we talk about in the playoffs, they're prepared for you. They know what you're good at and they're going to try to take away what you're good at. And you're going to need to see him, you know, be able to excel in a different area in the playoffs, which he may or may not be capable of, probably not with a scoring. But if you have the MVP and bead, and maybe you work around our needs and get some more shooters and some more uh, perimeter defense and have Ben just do it all, which, you know, I, I always thought maybe I've, t- I've, I've told you this, that triple doubles sometimes can be a little empty, but He's such a good defender, and we're going to talk about it in, in, yeah. in the last in the next few games. He's a really, really good fucking defender, and I think yeah. he could be the defensive player of the year. Mm. Um, we'll get to a game where he didn't do so well, but you know you can't you can't win them all. But mm-hmm. I I'm still team keep Ben, and I love what he's been doing, and he's he might be making a fan of me, and I I might I might defend him at all costs. Yeah, especially think- if it's against especially <laughs> if it gets that barstool chick, fucker. <laughs> Sorry, I, yo, I, I saw her tweet and then it, it included Lamelo and Lonzo, and I'm like, all right, Ridiculous. this is definitely a troll. This you, you can't, you can't, you don't think they're better than them with a straight. And you're face. also talking about a guy who, in his rookie season with MB being hurt, did a crazy run where he won 16 straight. You know, mm-hmm. and Embiid was there for maybe seven of the games, and he was the best player in the Miami series as a rookie, mm-hmm. and that's not something we see Bradley Beal do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that's not a fair comparison because the ball was literally given to MB, uh, not Embiid. I'm sorry, to to Ben to to run the show. So maybe that's not a fair comparison. But um, sorry, go. You were saying about the the barstool chick. Yeah, I mean she's she's a complete mess. I I don't take any word that she says seriously. Yeah, all clout. Yes, that's the perfect <laughs> way to say it. But I think I guess to finally conclude my Ben situation is like I think we need his defense and his you know like playmaking ability I feel like against like 
the Lakers, but like against any Eastern Conference teams, I don't know how. Well, not know, but like I just think Beal is more of a threat to help us win the East than Ben is to help us win the East. I don't know if that makes sense, but because like if I just compare us to let's say the Bucks, the Celtics, and Nets, like. If we get into a shootout with the Nets, like I don't think Ben's gonna be helpful. Like Beal will be more helpful to us. And I guess the Celtics, it's just the same thing we've seen the past whatever how many years. Like it seems like a decade. But like Ben hasn't really shown anything and hasn't really improved any other aspects of his game that's gonna, you know, translate against the Celtics. But like Beal has that, like all skill set that we need to beat the Celtics in seven-game series. But when we face against – if we make to the finals, like, I'm just being very optimistic here. Like, I don't see Beal helping us win against any Western Conference teams but Ben. So it's like a – if I want, if I have Ben, like, I'm so confident if we – in the finals. But I don't know how we're going to get there with Ben. Like, that's my biggest worry. I hear you. I hear you on that. Uh, the matchup does make – a big difference when you have, you know, the matchups never just as like you said, the Lakers having been to kind of try to slow down LeBron is a, a huge difference and a huge positive for us, as opposed to having Beal and trying to outscore him. I will say versus the Celtics, if, if we can't beat the Celtics as constructed, they might have to blow it up, man. Like <laughs> the Celtics aren't even the Celtics. We're not even talking about a championship contender. The Celtics are, are very good. And they've haunted us for years, so we're scarred by it. But there's no way they should lose a series to the Celtics. And that's not that's not putting down Jalen Brown or Marcus Smart or, J- or Jason Tatum, who are all fantastic. I'd hate to admit it, but they're all fantastic. They're just – they're so thin. And, yeah. and Kemba's hobbled. And Daniel Tice should not be a, a even an afterthought for Embiid, you know, although he does – play his best basketball against us. And that's what the Celtics will always do. And they'll pull shit out of their asses and, and drain threes all over the place. But we should beat the Celtics. And that mm. I'd be embarrassed if we lost to them again. Um, mm. So I'm not worried about Ben there. Mm. Versus the Nets, I could see that. My argument would be for the Nets is if you – Harden, Durant, and Kyrie are so fucking good. If you try to get in the shootout with them, you might be doomed anyway. And mm. I don't know if Bradley Beal changes that. Maybe there's a hope that in the playoffs, everything slows down. There's one basketball. Maybe you could try to, you know, squeeze out a win against them, like a, like a def- make it a defensive battle. Mm-hmm. It would be really hard to do, but I don't know. Maybe Ben Simmons is a wild card in that series. And I have no fucking mm-hmm. idea. Like I can't sit down here and break down the plays play by play for you to see why the Sixers take on the nets. But I'm also a coward and I'm a don't if it ain't broke, don't fix a guy. Yeah. Although, you know, it has been great lately. I just uh I like what Ben gives us on the floor, man. And I'm comfortable when he's out on the floor. And 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 in this jazz game, uh, we're gonna get to I wanna go deep, a little deeper into the jazz game because there was a, a huge flaw that stood out about the Sixers. It's just mm. and, and that is that we kept exchanging twos for threes, man. Mm. I think the jazz made more threes than we attempted. Mm. Wow. And it was almost like the jazz were saying, okay, Ben, you, you 
go ahead, try to score on us. One-on-one, we're going to stay home on the shooters. Because I'll tell you what, Danny Green doesn't move like J.J. Redick does. Mm-hmm. He doesn't run around like that. Seth Curry doesn't either. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll tell you what, I've never – I don't think I've seen Seth Curry have an open three this year. Really? Does that make sense? He just seems like he's always – someone's close to him when he's shooting a three. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that he he's not – a huge mover off the ball. I don't know if he's too slow. I don't know. It just seems like every time Seth shoots a three, he's like at least a little bit contested. <laughs> but the Sixers are still attempting on threes. I think they're 28 in attempts. Mm. And then you look at the teams we just played, the Jazz, who's number, I think they're number one in threes. Mm. Portland's in like the top five or top 10. And Phoenix is a little towards the league average. But when you consider that we're almost last, it's a big difference. And in, in this playoffs, Maury's all about it. Maury ball. I don't know if you can, you can exchange shoes for threes. Mm. And I think that's a huge weakness. So like we could get into a game seven battle at the nets and they, they hit 17 threes and we hit seven. Mm. So that's, that's a lot of points you got to make up for that, you know? And I just like that. That's what worries me a lot about these past few games. So what do you think about that? That's a very interesting stat, Nuge. Uh, but I guess when – that, that, that's where, like, the flaw comes in is those teams that are top in the NBA of three-point attempts, like, look at the common denominator. Like, they all have a facilitator that can create their own shot at the three-point at the three-point line. And, and, I mean, the Suns are kind of average because, you know, Chris Paul's not really a guy who's going to pull up from three or whoever their other point guard they might have. Like, Booker's it, but he's not a point guard. And, like, I, th- I, think, I think that's probably why we're so dead last is we don't have that guy who's going to – we have we drop a play for him to, hey, do your thing, pull up a three. Like, something that, you know, Levine, Beal, Dame, all those top-of-the-line guys can do. And that's, like, already six – seven threes a game i don't know how much that drops off from first to 28 where we are but like if we add maybe five six attempts a game like we're we're, we're probably in the pack right yeah and i think that's what kind of you know is the downside of not having a guy who can pull up and and just just shoot a three like like a good clean shot uh i don't know how this it's going to translate in the playoffs but I like I feel like that's such a good luxury to have. Yeah, um, there is a lot of pro Ben stats about him creating the most open threes, and the Sixers. I think shooting like the best. If you were to only take the Ben Simmons assisted threes, it's like the best three point percentage in the league. But maybe that's relying too much on the point guard, mm. too much on the the playmaker to create open threes for other people. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, to also add what you said about Seth and Danny Green, like, they're not like JJ types to, you know, run around. Like, they're just kind of guys that, you know, it's like a set three-point shots for them. Yeah. So, like, I feel like that's why it complements Ben so well is let Ben move around and then create for those guys to just, you know, set up and and take an open three. Yeah. And then even with Embiid when he's in the post and they're they're doubling him, so that's, that's really helpful for him. I mean, 
I'm not going to take too much away from the Jazz game. It was nice to see that Ben was great. T- Tobias was great. He had he had 34 points, I think. 36 points. Really? Um, he had 36 points. It was quiet. But he was aggressive. <laughs> and uh, it was way better than the, the previous games he had uh, versus, I think it was Portland when he had his bad game. Suns, he was kind of normal. But, you know, we're not going anywhere without Embiid. Yep. You know, and, and, that's, and that's not that's not a knock on us. Like if I forget what podcast I was listening to, they're saying, are there any teams in the NBA who don't have their best player who can contend for a championship? And no, mm-hmm. if you don't have LeBron, they're not doing anything. If you don't have Jokic, they're not doing anything. If the rants out, I think the Nets are very beautiful. So, you know, it's I'm, I'm team get a healthy Embiid to the playoffs. And uh, yes, it's, it's really, it really quick. Uh, PT of the pod, Sean Comp. He hates when we sit Embiid. He he hates it, <laughs> and he he has his reasons. I'm not gonna, he has his reasons. I'm not gonna get too deep into it, but okay. I don't care. I <laughs> I think they play enough game. I I guess the, the biggest thing is that he won't be in shape if they keep you know not consistently playing games. I think they're they're such a tight schedule this year. I think they're playing enough games that if he sits a game or two here and there, I I think he's fine. They, they play, they're playing so many games in such a short amount of time. I'm not worried about his stamina or playing himself in the shape like Shaq used to do or whatever. I, I just need a healthy Embiid for the playoffs. And I get it. He wants the number one seed. I do too. Who knows? Maybe fans are here in the playoffs and it's a whole totally different thing. Mm-hmm. But I need a healthy Embiid first and foremost. Like, would you rather have a 75% Embiid in the one seed or a 100% Embiid in the two seed? Oh, a 1,000%. We need 100% Embiid. I mean, 75% is what we got from Embiid in the Toronto series. He was always like, you know, what do you have? Stomach virus? Well, I don't know what they called it. It was like pre-COVID. Yeah, that thing. And then he had his knee, knees hurt. He had those knee issues. Yeah. He yeah. Was that like, one game versus the Nets. Mm-hmm. So Embiid is possibly the MVP. Get me a healthy Embiid for the playoffs. Uh, I know you got to go soon. So real quick, let's talk about the – Talk about the three games before the Jazz game really quick. Uh, my takeaways from the Kings, and you can give me your t- quick takeaways, is they were a really fun young team. I really liked them. Uh, De'Aaron Fox is dope. Halliburton's dope. De'Aaron Fox is killing us for the first three quarters or the first half, and then they put Thibault on him, and he shut him down in the fourth quarter. I think he only had like uh, three of 17 shooting in the second half or some shit, but that was pretty uh, a good win to have versus a, a really scrappy team. Um, Embiid was awesome down the stretch, even though he didn't even have his best game. But he had this one play where he was double teamed and he like whipped it across the court to the bias for an open three that oh, kind yeah. of sealed the game. That was yeah. awesome. Uh, their defense they they clamped down the um the Kings in that game. They they let up 40 points in the third quarter and only 39 points. I'm sorry, switch that 39 points in the second quarter and only 40 points in the second half. Mm, wow. So, June, that was a good start to our West Coast trip before it all went to shit. Any any oh, takeaways from the Kings game? Dude, that felt like like a month ago. But, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a typical, you know, a young team. They get hot. They have their fun. And we're a veteran team. We let them have fun. And, you know, when second half rolled around, we, we started playing business. defense and took them yeah. seriously. You know, that's, that's a, it's a nice thing to have. Like, we, we I feel like we were never capable of doing that. But yeah, now we're that team with – some experience and we can do that to young teams it's pretty cool yeah it's nice to be that team for once huh yeah yeah the next game was the blazers which is <laughs> they were missing cd mccollum missing uh joseph uh nurkic mm-hmm. 
and they beat us by two, I think. Um, I don't have a set up right now, but that is a game you need to win with your full lineup. And I say that fully acknowledging that sometimes you do blow those games. It's a regular season. There's a lot of games. You don't win all the games you're supposed to, and you're going to win some games you're, you're not supposed to. So at the time, I kind of brushed it off. Like, what are you going to do? Mello turned back the clock 10 years and hit like nine straight content, really hard jump, like not wide open by any means. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you, what can you do? And and B played well and Simmons had a great game to, uh, that was probably the one Tobias bad Tobias game of the stretch, mm-hmm. but we played well enough to win. Sometimes you got to tip your cap, you know, what what'd you see from this game? Uh, yeah. Melo was unguardable. Dame was unguardable for the first quarter. We, we can't. We can't do anything oh, about it. Uh, ben played great defense on Dame. We got got to shout that out. He, he yeah, towards the end of the game. I think there was like that highlight where he like kind of full court pressed him and like made him really uncomfortable to even like dribble around in the half court setting. Like that was dope. Like, have you ever seen a star struggle to dribble around in a half court setting? Like, that's the first time I've ever seen that before. It's it was pretty crazy. If you see Dame's Dame's face, he's kind of like, like what's going on? Like I I can't I can't get by this guy. It, it was pretty ridiculous for a guy who he lit us up in the first quarter. I think he had nineteen points in the first quarter, four for four from three or some shit, mm-hmm. and he didn't do much for the rest of the game. He only had uh he had twenty one points in the first quarter and only had nine points the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. But this was our our first preview of the three point discrepancy as. The Blazers made 17 threes oh. at a 45, uh, 45% clip, and we only made six threes. Out of how many? 27 tries. So we did and try a lot. We lost the game by four. Hmm. So th- that's a game you should have had. I mean, with the three-pointers, that's, that's tough. But we did kind of have – like, we had them in a good position. The last play was questionable where no one got open, no one came to the ball. Uh, ben had to get it in before the five seconds and just kind of threw it in. So, you know, it's I have it's another theory about that. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know if I should say it. I feel like I'll get a lot of hate. It. Just say it. This is this is your well, platform, Jim. Just you today. I mean, if you go watch that play again, Covington, who was guarding Ben at the time for that play, was completely neglecting the, pat, the inbounder. So what yeah. did he do was when there was an action with Embiid and Tobias, like it was a screen for each other and one of them had to get open. You know, Covington was just chilling there because, you know, there's no threat of Ben ever getting the ball back and shooting it because he doesn't want to do it, which is, you know, if you have a shooter or someone that knows how to shoot, the logical thing you do in basketball is you quickly inbound it to the guy, which, which was Danny Green, that was closest to him, who was guarded by Dame and wasn't really tightly covered. You pass it to him, he passes back to you, and you just shoot it. I mean, that's if you have a shooter, but here we have Ben. So that's, like, out of the equation already. That makes the defense playing five on four in the inbound pass. That's very easy for them to defend. I mean, that's why we had we couldn't get any looks there. I mean, yeah. I'm pretty sure Doc had something, but it's another thing that kind of yeah pisses me off. <laughs> It's something that gets that gets amplified when you already don't like Ben Simmons, huh? Yeah, I mean that's 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 very extreme for my end. So yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, moving on to the Suns game, I, I don't have much to say about this. Like Devin Booker, he 
he got bent on a few plays. My my takeaway is don't always believe what you read on Twitter because there are some yeah. different accounts that are saying, no, Ben Ben held him a 33% shooting. Another one like, no, he lit up Ben for 36 points. I, I didn't watch enough of the game. I was kind of busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, all I take away from this game is the Suns are good. You know, we, we competed with them as much as we could. They kind of they were too much in the end. Um, I don't have too much to take away. I, I, though Embiid seemed like just from his body language in this game that he needed a day off. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. What you what you take away from this game? Uh, was that a back-to-back? Like, was that the second leg? Or was that not I don't think it was a back-to-back, but it was our <clears throat> third game into the West Coast trip. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Booker's amazing. And Suns look off. very – they look like a good team, like, you know, with Chris Paul. Uh, Dario played very good defense oh, on Embiid. Mysterio. Mysterio. Oh, Mysterio. That was first game back, I think. Is he, like, perfect for what we need from the bench? Oh, yeah. Oh, he's yeah. perfect. <laughs> oh, my God. He's a, stretch, he's a stretch four. He'd come off the bench. He could guard – he guarded Embiid. And, like, I, he did as, as, as well as he could have versus a MVP candidate, you know? Embiid still had 35 points. But Darius just, like, that scrappy guy that – I was very sad because I thought when we had Dario and he's such a lovable goofball, we thought we we're going to have Embiid and him be – Best friends for the for the next five years or so, and then posting up that trophy together, you know. Yeah, and uh, unfortunately, it didn't happen. We traded him for fucking Jimmy Butler. Um, who you know, yeah. I'm not gonna blame them for going on in. That's a whole different conversation. But we miss you, Dario. We wish you came back. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. But uh, I know you gotta go soon, so we'll get into it really quick. This is really what I want to talk about. Well, we might have to skip the All Star stuff, but we'll see. Um, basically. Are we contenders? Are you worried about the last four games? Are we contenders for the finals? Are we contenders to make it out of the East? To make it out of the, I, I think so. I think I think we're the top three team. The the fact that you know Boston's kind of in panic mode now that they're a five hundred team, and Jason Tatum hasn't recovered well from COVID, and Kemba Walker finally looking bad. Like he's age is catching up to him. He's small. All those injuries are adding up. I mean, it's us, Bucks, and the Nets. Like, but I'm kind of scared though. Miami might be creeping in, and if it does become a bubble situation or no fan situation in the playoffs, Miami might be a tough out when they're a seventh seed and we play them first round. That that might be a very scary sight. <laughs> I would I would absolutely hate. To play, but I would be so fucking stressed if we played them in the first round. And that's just being honest. The history and, you know, with them making the finals and us being the ones to let go, Jimmy Butler, blah, blah, blah. That would be an unnecessary stress that I do not want to go through. And if they make a run, I hope it's soon so that they're like a six seed instead of a seven, eight seed. Um, I don't know. I don't think they, they're not the type of team that would get tired from a playing tournament. There's no way they would. Jimmy Butler wakes up at 3 a.m. Don't forget that. Um, I, I would hate to play them, but uh, I just I like <clears throat> my. Oh, okay. I'll go. No, no, I'll go real quick. Go I, ahead, I yeah. have some concerns over the past four games that we we did talk about the, the three point shooting, and uh, you know, it's just I think we're fine. I think it was a big stretch, like a big critical part of the season, but I'm not going to take too much of it because like Mm -hmm. we keep talking about, it's the regular season. Yeah. I would like to, I think we do need to improve and I think Boy's going to try to maybe get a three point shooter, maybe get a George Hill. Um, 
I irrationally love DeLon Wright, but apparently he's not a good three-point shooter, but he seems to always really? kill us. Really? Uh, I would love like a George Hill, someone who could also create a little off the dribble and shoot a very high percentage of three. I think he shot like 45% with the Bucks last year. Mm. Um, you know, th- things changed. In the beginning of the season, we all made our predictions. We said maybe four or five seed out in the second round. And then all of a sudden you look at the standings we're we're the first seed and it's kind of crazy because we're 18 and 10. We were 23 and 10 last year after spanking the bucks. And then the season went to shit. We were 500 for the rest of the season. This team feels different. I think they, Mm. they, they hit a snag and they played some good teams. The record against teams that are 500 and better is not great. I think it's two and six or two and eight. But you only play who's on the schedule, and we weren't beating these teams last year when we should have. And I think we're not the same team as we were last year. I think Tobias looks better. I think Ben playing as he is now looks better. And we have, I think, the MVP. Mm. So I'm not – I'm turning a new leaf. I'm not going to let these regular season games bother us because I look at the standings and we're still in first place. And, you know, we have a pretty winnable stretch of eight games before the All-Star break. I'm fine where where we are with acknowledging that we do need some improvements in some areas. Is that how you feel? Yeah, I mean, I think just from the eye test, like, we do look much better than what we did last year. And I think also, I don't know if this is a big difference, but last year we were terrible in away games. Now we're almost 500 in away game. So that might, yeah. that's another nice before the last stretch where we played, we played very good teams. Let's, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, from that, we, I'm confident we'll probably finish top three. I'm, I, I don't know. My prediction was we go to the Eastern conference finals and lose. Uh, I am still on that. And I think like some mid season acquisitions, like you said, George Hill and right. I, I thought Wright was pretty good shooter. Like he always seemed to make tiny threes and yeah. tiny jump shots. Like I would love to have those kind of guys. And yeah, like George Hill to add some depth to our point guard duties. Like that's what we need. And I think that will really solidify us. I think in, in, in the East, if we get those small acquisitions that improve our whole team. Listen, it's a long season. Um, I think the old us will be panicking right now and we might go full doomsday. Uh, but it's a long season and they're going to make adjustments and we got a long way to go before the playoffs. And that's, what's really going to matter. Uh, I trust doc to make some changes. I trust Maury that he's evaluating the team and seeing how he's going to improve us uh, a little alarm that he brought some trades to doc and he rejected them, but that's, that's something else. Uh, I'm fine today. I'm fine. Um, you know, we lost three in a row. We have a stretch of winnable games. I think we're going to be fine. And uh, hopefully we can compete for that one seed. And uh, I think we'll be good. Oh, man. Can you imagine first seed and, you know, in the summertime, fans like 2,000 are back? I I can't imagine because that seems like such a fairy tale. (laughs) Like, I can't even fathom a good Sixers team. My dad was talking – I was at my parents' house for Chinese New Year. And my dad was just going in on me wasting time. Watch. Cause like, you know, like GameStop and everything. Everyone's talking about the stock market. It's, it's, my, my, my mom's always been into the stock market. My brother's getting into it. My sister's getting into it. 
And I'm like, I, I just can't, I can't do it. I can't get my mind wrapped around it. You know, you know, Dave and Joe, they're all into it. And my dad's like, it's because you waste all your time bullshitting with the Sixers and the Eagles. <laughs> and he told me that he used to be like me. Oh, he watch every game. And he, he's he like, he pays attention. He's the, he won't watch a game now unsolicited, but he'll like, you know, if it's in the paper, he'll, he'll pay attention to how they're doing and see what the score was. And he, he knows how, how they're doing, but he don't watch anymore. Mm. And he's, he's here telling me that I'm wasting all my time. That I think he's seen too much. And cause he said, he used to be like me, like watching mm. every game, passionate, getting mad and kicking shit. Mm. And I think it all got to him and he's seen so much heartbreak and disappointment. <laughs> and maybe cause like, if you listen to the Bill Simmons pod of Charles Barkley, they fucked up the Charles Barkley era, man. They yeah. fucked up the era. It's so bad. It sounds almost like Elton Brand and Colangelo. <laughs> that my dad is a dude who who's seen too much, and uh, mm. he's he thinks I'm wasting my time with the Sixers. So that's why it seems like a fairy tale. I, we've never gotten close. The closest we've gotten was Iverson, which let's be honest, wasn't close. <laughs> and, and then that that quadruple doink with Kawhi with the Raptors. So I hey. I. I, I, can't, I can't wrap my head around that far to the season yet. I mean, you can tell your dad, you know, if we win, like, we're done. We're, we're not watching this anymore. <laughs> we're not going to be invested I, like this anymore. If the Sixers win with Embiid, I'm not watching. So I don't need the stress in my life. It's so stressful. After those last three games, you see Twitter is on fire. And I would normally be with that Twitter group yeah. setting my house on fire or some shit. And – I just don't have the energy for it anymore. I'm so tired of being frustrated at my sports teams. If the Sixers win a championship, I will not watch sports again. I don't need that drama in my life. I don't need Carson Wentz still being on the Eagles and not being <laughs> traded. I don't need any of that bullshit anymore, dude. I swear to God, if we win a championship for Embiid, I am done. Yeah. Dave says good. Uh, Dave said that's a good out plan. Uh, let, let's is. do it. Yeah. So Sixers, let's do it. You, you'll never have to hear from me again on Twitter. You don't have to read Yo, my stupid ass tweets. Game. No more podcasts. No, no more. Our hundred fans are going to be like, not, I don't have to listen to that bullshit anymore. It'd be nice to nudge, you know? Well, um, we'll move on to a WandaVision podcast. Or more, Wanda, more. I, I am so in for a, a WandaVision podcast. All right, dude. If uh, I know you got to go, I'm sorry. Like I kept you a little long. Uh, okay. Is there anything you would like to plug? Oh, plug. Uh, anything nothing really i only have a week That's of unemployment boring. left uh, uh i don't want to i'm not looking forward to going back to work but damn yeah. it <laughs> damn what's the worst isn't it it's the worst it's, <laughs> i go back to college right now Pro- process sixers i'll go i'll go watch the oh, 17 yeah. win sixers in college <laughs> but hey All we got time. this team now uh it is what it is i gotta get going i gotta grow up some uh chicken shawarma because the man oh. made some homemade hummus that looked good. So we're going to make a few sandwiches. So, all right, buddy, I appreciate you hopping on because I really wanted to talk about this four-game stretch. Uh, I'm sorry Dave and Joe couldn't be with us. They were irreplaceable. But uh, until next time, they'll, we'll, they'll be on next spot. And hopefully, you know, this, hey, the Sixers, they got Houston, Chicago, Toronto, Toronto, mm. Dallas, Cleveland, Indiana, and the Jazz again at home mm. this time. Um, the only two road games are Toronto. Tampa and Tampa. Sorry, and Tampa, <laughs> uh, championship city. Apparently, um, before you go, what's our record in the next eight games? Eight games, 
Oh, I I thought the schedule looked pretty favorable. Uh, I was thinking six and two. I don't know if that's too optimistic, but I think we had a bad stretch. Might capitalize big before the break. So six and two, I think, is kind of reasonable. I'd be extremely happy with six and two. I'm going to say six and two, and because like you look at this schedule, like Chicago could give us a little fits of Zach Levine and everything. Uh, we should beat them. Dallas hasn't been playing too well, but playing better lately. They still have Luca, so that could be tough mm-hmm. too on national TV. I'm going to mm-hmm. say we lose one at Toronto, and yeah, I think we beat one the Jazz. The I think games. I think we'll drop either like like or a random game like versus the Pacers or some shit. Yeah, I think six and two. Yeah. yeah. All right, buddy. Thanks for hopping on. All right, no problem. Have a good night. Peace.